welcome to the Accessible South Africa podcast. This is a podcast where we discuss travel in South Africa and beyond for persons with disabilities and special needs. I'm your host, Lois Strachan. And now, on with the show. everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Accessible South Africa Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Lois Strachan. Today we're featuring an interview with Christo de Klerk, who has traveled extensively in South Africa as well as internationally to 15 different countries. In the interview, Christo will share with us some of his experiences as a traveler who is blind. We're also going to be introducing a new segment to the show, where we highlight some of the service providers and venues who are accommodating the needs of persons with disabilities. We're starting locally with venues in and around Cape Town, but we'll hopefully extend that as the show goes on. As a reminder, if you'd like to contact us, either to suggest someone that we should interview or to suggest a service provider that should be spotlighted, please feel free to email us on podcast at accessiblesouthafrica.co.za. We're available on both Facebook and Instagram at Accessible South Africa, on Twitter at Access- Accessible SA, and we're always available through our website on www.accessiblesouthafrica.co.za. And finally, if you'd like to follow me and my Beyond Sight blog, please feel free to do so on www.loisstrachan.com. And now, let's meet Christo de Klerk. interviewing Christo de Klerk, who is an experienced traveler both locally in South Africa and overseas, and he's quite passionate about traveling and about getting out and seeing the world. Christo, welcome to the Accessible South Africa podcast. Thank you very much, and thank you for the interview. To start off with, can you just introduce yourself to the, the listeners and share a little bit of your story? Yes, I was born blind. I attended the pioneer school in Worcester, a school for the blind. Studied law, practiced as as law, as a lawyer. Then I took up computer programming, became a computer programmer. And then for a, a short spell, I became a teacher at my old school. And then for the major part of my career, I worked as an IT specialist at one of the big banks in the country. And for the past six years, I have now been on retirement. So that is me. That's quite a diverse career that you've had since starting that. Yes. And as well, just from when we've spoken before, I believe you have done a fair amount of traveling, sort of, I think you said 15 overseas countries and traveling extensively within South Africa. Can you tell us a little bit about the traveling that you've done? Yes. uh, Let me start by saying that I 
I found it far easier to travel around on my own abroad than in my own country. Overseas countries are just so much more geared to accommodate disabled people. Traveling in South Africa really is a major mission. Um, my travels abroad have mainly been um, for the purposes of Braille, my involvement with, with Braille, um, the International Council on English Braille, that sort of thing. I've only really been overseas twice for pleasure. Once was a long time ago when I played in the uh, Braille Chess Olympiad in, on Majorca in Spain. Um, that was a wonderful three weeks. And the other time I went for pleasure, I went to Moscow. My, my wife and I went to Moscow and we stayed there with a friend of mine. He's also, he was a phenomenal person. Unfortunately, he passed away. Um, he was a blind person, but he was working at the South African Embassy as a counselor in, in Moscow. Um, so for the rest, um, I've attended countries all over the world except in South America and, and the Orient. And those were all for the purposes of Braille, as I said. You also mentioned to me that you have traveled extensively in Southern Africa and in South Africa particularly. Can you share a little bit with us about what that travel was in, uh, involved with? There was also mainly Braille. Um, very little travel for, for pleasure. I have, have traveled for pleasure a few times, but mainly it was uh, from my home to another city where I stayed in a hotel and had a conference and then came back again. Mostly that sort of travel, okay. but, but very regularly. So in the travels that you've done, um, what sort of obstacles have you encountered and how have you overcome those challenges? Well, the obstacles in, in South Africa are plentiful because the, the public's, uh, public transport is uh, almost not, not available. And um, you really very much have to rely on, on sighted people to, to get you to places and so on. Um, obstacles in travels abroad, I must say, not really. And I've, I've had some very interesting travels abroad, and it really went so smoothly. It's, it's incredible how easy it is for a blind person there, but not here. Now you've mentioned to me before that you travel primarily on your own, not with a tour group, and although you have traveled with your wife, who is also visually impaired, um, mostly you travel on your own. So yeah. what sort of technology do you use when you're traveling um, to, to help you navigate um, I have an iPhone. I, there's an, an app on the iPhone that I particularly like. Um, it's a navigation app called Here We Go. Um, it is a very, very good uh, traveling aid. Uh, it gives you step-by-step um, -step guidance and so on, and it can use offline maps. So, for example, in 2016, I went to Baltimore in the United States for a conference. So I could load the Maryland map before I even went there. So I, I could use my cell phone. I could 
use navigate around there uh, baltimore um, and not use any data which is really nice I and then of course the, the uber app is another one that one uses i think that's very true that's an interesting app that's not one that i've come come across before is it a paid app or is it's it a, a free, free app it's a free app it is a port of the old um um, OV maps from the old Nokia phones. Okay, that sounds really interesting. So that's a useful resource for any of our other listeners who are visually impaired and are wanting to travel, particularly with the high data costs for us as we travel overseas yes. as South Africans. That's obviously a huge issue for us when we're traveling. Yes. So with the travels that you've had you must have had some really uh, exciting stories of, of the travels that you've done. Would you like to share one or two of those stories with us? Yes, I think one very nice one was um, my wife, Marty, went with me. The, the purpose of my trip was to attend a general assembly of the International Council on English Braille in uh, Seven Oaks in Kent, in London, uh, in, uh, in, in the UK. Uh, but I decided to go to the Netherlands first. I, I had correspondence with a um, gentleman in the Netherlands. He was the treasurer of the Esperanto organization. I was studying Esperanto at that stage. Um, and I decided it would be nice to meet him, and he invited us to stay with him. So they uh, used to stay in Zeithorn in, in the Netherlands, so we went stayed there for a few days then from there we had to go to to seven oaks in kent and this was quite a journey we left zeithorn by taxi at 10 to 5 in the morning zeithorn station wasn't open yet so we had to drive to groningen we got the train in groningen to amsterdam central then in amsterdam central we took a, a taxi to Leitse Plain, where we got the bus. We traveled by bus uh, from the Netherlands through Belgium to France to Calais, where we took the hovercraft. We went over the channel with the hovercraft. And then on the other side, we took the bus again uh, to its terminus in London. And there we got into another bus um, that took us to Victoria Station. Victoria Station, we got the train took us to Orpington Station. Orpington, we got to another train, took us to Kent, and at the Kent Station, we got a taxi, which took us to the place in Seven Oaks, where we ended up at half past seven in the evening. So Marty and I, and our five pieces of luggage, did that all on our own, and that was pretty exciting and very interesting. That could have been quite a logistical undertaking <laughs> with all of those changeovers from different mediums of channel of travel, and wow, that, that's quite an experience and a very long day. You know, they were so organized because when you, when you leave a, a station, they phone through to, to the station where you had to get off and tell them they're blind passengers, could you assist them? And so on. It, it's just incredible. Well, that's good to hear. Turning back to the, the, the challenges that you've had traveling within South Africa, what message would you give to service providers or tour operators or activities or events and places who are wanting to make their services more accessible, particularly well, for someone with a visual impairment? What advice would you give them? 
well, of course, my first message would be to politicians to, to get a proper public transport system in place. But for the rest, with service providers, a greater awareness. Um, the assistance at airports is very often not what it's supposed to be. They sometimes almost physically force a blind person into a wheelchair, that sort of thing. So we really need a greater awareness um, of, you know, they, they need to find out what the needs of blind people are. You know, all disabilities are not the same disability. You don't do the same for everybody. Each disabled person has, has its own uh, particular requirements. You know, for me, traveling by air quite extensively with my guide dog, I can so understand what you're saying there. And I think there's a, a lot of groups who are working to raise awareness and hopefully we're slowly seeing a shift in the understanding of the various activities and service providers here in South Africa. From there, what are your future travel plans? What places would you like to visit if you're given the opportunity? Well, my next trip is in 2010 in May, then I'm going to the UK again for the um, 8th General Assembly of the International Council on English Braille. But I've been to the UK twice, three times before, um, so that's that's not new. But I would really still like to visit countries that I have not visited yet, like some Oriental countries and then South America. But what I would dearly love to do still is to, to go back to Russia and to do the Volga trip from, uh, from Moscow to St. Petersburg. And just for anyone who was listening to that section and... Uh, was a little bit curious about Christo's timing. I think perhaps you mean 2020 rather than 2010? Uh, did I say 2010? <laughs> yes. No, no, it's 2020. I, I think you've got some wonderful plans there for future travels. And I, I wish you every success in heading towards those des destinations. No, thank you so much. One of the things that we're trying to do with this podcast is really to inspire other people with disabilities to step out of their comfort zone and take up the experience of traveling. What message would you give those people who are a little concerned about travel and who haven't had the opportunity to do so yet? Um, yes, when I went across the first time, of course, I was very nervous and so on, but uh, You've got to work on your self-confidence uh, to do it. There are so very many extremely interesting places to see. A lot has to improve in our country to make travel a pleasure year. But if you go abroad, just plan carefully before the time. Make sure you have everything ready. And remember that a lot of the documents you take with you are print paper documents. Make sure you know what they are so that you do not end up in a situation like I did when I went to um, Birmingham once. At Heathrow, I had to get a bus to Birmingham. And then at the airport, we discovered that the people who had arranged my trip did not include my Birmingham bus ticket there. So I had to fork out there 300 grand for a, a equivalent of 300 grand for a bus ticket. So make sure before the time that you you know what your print documents are, you know which is which. In fact, if possible, mark them in Braille. Um, the other thing is always have telephone numbers handy. Uh, 
if you may end up in an emergency. But then, um, you know, look around the internet, look at all those wonderful, interesting places that you that you can visit. Uh, some of the the places that that I visited, especially in Russia, because I, you know, I love those old Russian novels, and it was such a joy to me to visit Tolstoy's home and to even to hear his voice, a recording of his voice. Um, the, you know, what was even nicer was visiting Anton Chekhov's home. It's about 70 kilometers out of Moscow, it was. Wow. Um, the place is still run by, uh, you know, some of these relations. And um, they they wouldn't let us go. You know, we could spend only about two hours or so there. But they were they were really upset when we wanted to leave. They were so nice, showed us everything. And very often... Um, you know, blind people are not allowed to touch things. They insisted that, mm. that my friend and I touch things. They let me sit in the chair where Chekhov had sat when, sat when he wrote The Seagull, that sort of thing. You know, there are so many wonderful things to experience. Uh, don't let those pass you by. That's such an important message. I think, in fact, what you said in the interview today, you've really touched on a few things that... I feel it's also so important for someone who is wanting to travel. The ability to have all of the, the information that you need at your fingertips, the importance of having your emergency numbers accessible to you, and the ability to problem solve and be flexible because you never can plan everything down to the, the absolute details. Sometimes, no matter how well you've planned, things are going to be a little bit unexpected. So and, and you are also very right about the extraordinary experiences we have being able to explore historical items um, using our other senses and, and our, our sense of touch. Yeah. So thank you for sharing some of your experiences with us. Oh, that's a pleasure. If we've got listeners who would like to reach out to you and chat to you either about Braille and the work you've done or about, where can they contact you? Oh, of course, any time. Um, my email address is cjdk, those are my initials, cjdk at mweb, at mweb dot co dot za. Um, my Skype name is Christo underscore de underscore clerk, all in uh, lowercase letters. That's wonderful. Thank you, Christo. Thank you so much for sharing some of your experiences with us. It's been lovely to just kind of delve a little bit more deeply into your experience of traveling around the world and locally in South Africa as someone who's passionate about traveling and yet does so with a visual impairment. I really appreciated the time that you've given to us today and we look forward to hopefully checking in with you in 2020 after your next trip. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much, Christo. It's lovely okay. to chat to you. Okay. Welcome to the Service Provider Spotlight. This is a new segment where we introduce you to service providers who make travel in South Africa just a little bit easier for persons with disabilities. Today, we want to spotlight MLT Car Hire. We know that one of the uncertainties of traveling with a wheelchair is whether or not 
you'll be able to find accessible transport to help you get around a new city. MLT Car Hire has a shuttle service available that can accommodate two wheelchair passengers. It's a shuttle that is available to individuals in and around Cape Town and is also available to venues who have customers with special needs. To find out more about the shuttle service, to see photographs of the vehicle and to contact MLT Car Hire, go to the Accessible South Africa website www.accessiblesouthafrica.co.za and look under the Transport tab. And while you're there, you can also find out more about some of the other accessible travel experiences in and around Cape Town. If you know of service providers who are taking the needs of persons with disabilities into account, we would love to hear about them. Please contact us by email and tell us your experiences on podcast at accessiblesouthafrica.co.za. for this time. You can find out more about us on the web at www.accessiblesouthafrica.co.za, on Facebook at Accessible South Africa or on Twitter at Accessible SA. You can also email us on podcast at accessiblesouthafrica.co.za. Editing was done by Deirdre Gower and our theme music was by Luigi Chao, based on a motif by Lois Strachan. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.